You're listening to the Right Mindset Podcast with Raquel Henry. This is episode 14. This podcast is sponsored by and associated with my writing studio, Writer's Atelier. I'm an author, editor, writing coach, and part-time professor who believes that mindset work is the cornerstone of writing success. Hi, all. Welcome back to the podcast if you're used to listening, and also welcome to new listeners. I'm glad to have everybody here. So let me just take a second to tell you all how absolutely happy I am. It's Hallmark Christmas movie season, y'all. So you know what that means. (laughs) It means that I am pretty much busy (laughs) because my TV does not move from Hallmark, the Hallmark channel during pretty much the entire countdown to Christmas season. And I will never, ever apologize for my intense love of Hallmark Christmas movies. Never, never. This is not a sponsored advertisement. This is simply me gushing about how much I love Hallmark Christmas movies. I I pretty much love Hallmark in general, but the Christmas movies are my favorite. And I can't tell you guys how much joy it brings for me to watch these movies. <laughs> each year and also see the new ones that they release. We actually start decorating around our house once Hallmark's countdown to Christmas begins and that's usually around the end of October. So everybody who is decorating early and saying they need a little Christmas, that is like regular for me. (laughs) I love Christmas and I love Hallmark. Um, And speaking of which, I did want to just let you guys know that I have a new novelette I'm releasing. And it's called Letter to Santa. It's a sweet holiday romance, and it will remind you of Hallmark. And I actually started publishing these last year, um, and it was my intention for it to become a yearly thing. And I just, I really like telling short stories. And I also love Hallmark, and I love Christmas. And this was a way to combine all of those things. There really wasn't any there aren't a whole lot of publishers looking for shorter holiday romances specifically. And so I just, it's something I do independently. It makes me really happy and brings me joy. And I honestly just wanted to give a reader the same amount of joy that I experience when watching a Hallmark movie. Sounds totally nerdy, but that's kind of the intention behind it. Also, it's just really fun. I was getting so intense with my writing and I usually write pretty dark and these holiday romances just remind me of the joy I have for writing the reason why I write started writing in the first place so if you're interested you'll be able to check that out Um, at the time that this recording goes live it should be up and ready to go for you guys and if it is I will link it down below in the comments So today on the podcast I'm introducing you all to my friend Brandon Good. Brandon and I met when he released his debut YA novel, The Secrets of Eden. And I actually hosted the launch party at Writer's Atelier for Brandon. And, you know, we've kept in touch since then. He and he's even taught a pitch workshop for us at the studio, which went over very, very well. And since then, he's done a lot, um, including writing for apps and even stepping into the poetry category. I can't wait for you all to hear this interview with Brandon. But first, I'm going to read you guys a little bit about Brandon. Here's his formal bio. Growing up in the small beach town of Melbourne, Florida, Brandon Good always had a passion for writing. His debut novel, The Secrets of Eden, 
was recognized by Barnes & Noble Teen as a recommended reading, and his sophomore book, Unorthodox Remedies, debuted as an Amazon number one new release. He loves traveling, eating sushi, and is obsessed with all things The Real Housewives. Brandon has also previously written for Florida Today, Disney, and is currently the head writer for the queer erotica app, Campsite. Let's listen to my conversation with Brandon now. So Brandon, welcome to the podcast, The Right Mindset. I'm so, so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Would you mind telling our audience a little bit about yourself? You know, what you write? Who, who's Brandon? Who's Brandon Good? <laughs> Absolutely. So um, Brandon Good is a published author as of 2017. Um, I wrote essentially Black Gay Cinderella is what everyone calls it on Twitter. Um, the Secrets <laughs> of Eden was my debut YA novel in 2017. And then I released my sophomore book this year, Unorthodox Remedies, which was the book of poetry that debuted as number one on Amazon. So I'm very thankful. Um, and thank you so much. And then Brandon did also works on some side projects. I am currently a writer for a couple of apps as well. Um, and I also just launched my own company over the summer. So Brandon Good does a lot of things within the creative world. That's fantastic. I think that's, you know, a lot of us do, right? Um, right. I didn't know you wrote for apps, though. That's really cool. Yeah, I just got into it. It was uh, since June, actually. Um, mm -hmm. And so it was it was very different for me, uh, writing more on a scheduled deadline creatively, you know, outside of like writing a novel or anything um, has been different uh, because I'm churning out episode content for like different characters and some of these characters I didn't create initially. And so it's always fun to have that new challenge, but development as a writer. That's wonderful. I'm so excited for you. That's great. What I would like to do now is talk a little bit about how you fell into writing. Like, what was the point that you decided you wanted to be, you know, a serious writer? Honestly, it started when I was in elementary school. Um, writing for me has always been a love of mine, but I feel like I always had dueling passions. So one was writing and one was theater and performing. And I remember back in elementary school, they had this program called Young Authors, where the English teachers would identify the student within their class that they felt was showing writing ability. Um, and then they would pick you out for this program every Friday where you would work on your book. So over the span of a semester, I wrote a book inspired by Charlie's Angels at the time. It was the <laughs> Drew Barrymore, Lucy Liu, and Cameron Diaz version. Um, I'm sure my relatives have that book somewhere, but it was bound and laminated. And that was technically my first book. And so since then, I've always written like poetry and short stories. And then in high school, taking like all the AP writing classes really pushed me into writing further. Um, in high school, I wrote for a local newspaper known as Florida Today. Um, it's kind of under like the Orlando Sentinel family. Um, mm -hmm. I was a teen journalist. So that exposed me to the world of journalism and, and fast deadlines and, you know, different type of writing, which I fell in love with a bit more. From there, I did blogging once the column was done away with because in early 2000s, we had budget cuts. So the column was dissolved, mm -hmm. but I then started blogging about politics, which is not fun to blog about, but it was a writing <laughs> gig, so I took it. And then when I went to college at Florida International University, I was a staff writer for their campus newspaper. And so that kind of like started the writing career for me. Uh, while I was at FIU, it really solidified my path as a writer 
for my future, I took a creative writing class. My professor was Patricia Engel. She is a two-time New York Times bestseller. And um, she was phenomenal. I'll never forget the first day of class. She walked in on like these stilettos and she had like this leather jacket. And <laughs> it was just so cool. And I was like, oh my God, I love her already. And so our semester project was to write a um, story. So I wrote this short story um, about a guy who goes to a ball and, um, you know, he hits off with this stranger and then you find out the stranger's the prince and then the guy is left on the bench outside. And so um, from there, the feedback for the short story, you know, people ask, like, are you going to make this to a novel? Are you going to write a book? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I can handle that. I don't know if I can write a novel. And so that question plagued me for years until I finally wrote The Secrets of Eden. So essentially that short story became The Secrets of Eden. And that's what started me into the writing world. And I've been going ever since. Wow, I love that. So let me talk to you a little bit about that. It sounds there that you like you had a little bit of resistance. When it was a short story and people asked if you were going to turn it into a novel, you said that that plagued you for years. So what was going through your mind at that point and what ultimately made you just decide to do it, to write the novel? So the reason it plagued me was because I still felt that I wasn't where I wanted to be as a writer. As a performer, I was doing all the things that I wanted to do. I was performing at Disney, like I had done some shows. And mm. so for me, that's where I felt my passion was truly um, and where it was being navigated at the time of my life. But um, it wasn't until I sat down one day, I was in my, I lived in downtown Orlando, I sat down in my condo and I was like, why am I not writing this? Like what, why am I not doing this? And I think what really got me was I didn't know the type of book I wanted to write. So that sounds cliche at first because everyone's like, well, you never know what type of book you want to write, right? But I knew that being a Black gay author was something that is powerful. And I mm -hmm. knew that whatever I put out was going to be judged, whether it be good or bad. And I wanted to make sure that the book that I put out was the story that I wanted to tell. I didn't want it to be tarnished by anything. I didn't want it to be swayed by any type of opinion. I wanted to put out, put out the book that I wish that I had as a Black gay teen growing up. So that was truly the struggle because you, you know, as a creative, sometimes we're perfectionists, but we have to realize that perfection is not obtainable. We can just put out our best. And finally, once that clicked with me is when I sat down and really wrote through a full synopsis. And then I took a month from doing that. Then I broke down each chapter. Then I created my characters. Then I fleshed them out. And then once mm -hmm. I finally felt in a place that I was comfortable with it and I was excited about the story is when I was able to fully just do it. I see, you know, so many writers that come into the studio, that's, those are the hard parts for them, right? Like getting right. past that perfectionism right like because mm -hmm. you you can tell yourself so many times that nothing is ever going to be perfect right and we are imperfect human beings in general right, right? but it's so hard to to remember that mm -hmm. <laughs> in the moment, all the right? time all the time yeah so and uh would you say that patricia angle you mentioned patricia angle i just want to backtrack for a second here yeah you mentioned that she was really part of your journey um, yeah. Would you even categorize her as a bit of a mentor? And what was that experience like, you know, working with her and maybe even how she helped mold you into the writer you are today? 
Absolutely. I would say she was a lot of um, inspiration for me. I think as a creative, sometimes we have like these idols or mentors that we want for our past, but sometimes we don't have them, right? So like you may have like a favorite poet or other author who you're like, oh my God, I love their work. I wish they could give me words of advice, Um, which, you know, you send out letters and emails, but nothing is ever returned. Um, And so, (laughs) you know, I mean, we all get busy, so I do get it. But with Patricia, it was really great because she was my professor. And so it was kind of like, kind of, you know, at Disney World or at like Universal Studios, they have like an express pass. This was kind of like a cool express pass of getting like real feedback from like a successful writer. So it was great, you know, turning in my assignments week after week and getting that type of feedback. And even after I, you know, left the class for the semester, um, I would email and keep in touch. I remember writing uh, Secrets of Eden and letting her know like, oh my God, I'm about to publish my first book. And she's like, oh my God, that's great. You know, and that was so cool to still be able to let her know of my progress. So she was a great mentor in a way for me, but I think truly, if I could say one true mentor that I did have along this path was the author Perry Moore um, before he passed away. Um, mm-hmm. Back back in my high school years, so this is like 2005, like 6 through 2010, is when I truly was getting into a lot of young adult books. And I had stumbled upon his novel Hero um, in my library. And it was such a great book, Raquel. Like I picked it up, got through the first page, and I was like, oh my God, I need to read this whole book. Needless to say, I did not pay attention in any of my classes that day. I was like binging through this book, like just going and going and going. I started the book at like eight o'clock in the morning, and I think I finished it like the next day at like 4 a.m. Um, because like it was so good. <laughs> That's course, how you know to, like, it's a good book. Meals. Exactly. And so, um, and this was one of those situations where, like, as Hamilton says, like, not going to throw away my shot. And so I sent an email on his website at the time. He had, like, a submission form. And I just was like, hey, I read your book. I loved it. I was able to connect with it because I had a gay main character and all these things. And, you know, pouring yourself out into, like, a letter that you never think someone's going to respond to. And so he actually responded. So I was a little shocked. I was like, oh, my God. And so he was like, thank you so much for your kind words. And so then we kind of built like this true back and forth of a relationship where I was like, you know, I've been telling my friends about the book and he's like, thank you so much. And at the time I know that they were trying to get it auctioned off to a television network. So I was like, oh my God, like this is amazing. And um, at the time I was still writing for Florida Today and I was like, hey, would you mind if I interviewed you? And he was like, absolutely. Um, And so I had an interview with him. And from that interview, it really put the seeds in the ground for me um, about wanting to become a writer and telling the stories that you want to tell. And hearing about his experiences have always stuck with me. Um, And so when he did pass away, you know, it it sucked because I can't like update him that I'm now like an author, but I still feel like I carry a piece of our conversation with me throughout my journey. Wow. I love that story, Brandon. I'm going to have to look up his book. Yes, please do. It's honestly one of my favorites. I have now bought it for a couple friends, um, but it's Hero by Perry Moore. And honestly, if people who've seen the show The Boys, it's similar, but not as like gruesome and graphic. Um, but basically <laughs> the premise is um, it's like a real world situation with superheroes. And, you know, you have this main character coming to terms with his sexuality and his awakening powers, but his dad is like a scorned, uh, you know, sidekick. So like there's this whole dynamic but um, it's a great coming of age story. So I recommend it for everyone out there. 
Oh, I love that. And what a gift to be able to yeah. be, you know, to talk to him before you said he passed away, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, mentorship is something that's also important to a writer's mindset because I don't even know if I'd be a writer if I didn't have some of the mentors that I did. I had a professor who changed my path. <laughs> she pulled me aside <laughs> and was like, why are you trying to major in pre-optometry when you should be a writer, you know? And yeah, I just remember that being so critical, so important to, to not only my, me in general, but like my writing life. Um, uh-huh. she, she sort of, you know, I felt like she sort of saved me from going down a path of like <laughs> probably unhappiness. Um, Listen, I mean, we all need that person that's like, what are you doing? You know, this is not for you. It's time to focus on the real thing. And, yeah. you know, we're all glad that she did that because we probably would not have Writers Atelier and all these Aww. great things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so, yeah, I'm I'm really grateful for for the mentors that I have. And I think like, I remember too, my fifth grade teacher was, my fifth grade teacher is the one who put it in my head that I could even be a writer in general. Wow. He told my mother that I had a way with words. And mm. that was the first time that I had actually considered being a writer. Wow. I would go on to deny it at several points in my life. but <laughs> Oh, wow. It's so interesting. You know, writers have such, such interesting backgrounds of what led them to writing. You know, whether it was an early passion or it was that passion that you never really like listened to and like opened the door, but you focus on it. You know, it's always so interesting hearing about where everyone fell in love with writing in their life. And then once mm-hmm. they finally committed to it. I, I, my theory, though, is that it's always there, right? It's the right. thing that lives inside of you and you you suppress it, right? Because mm-hmm. I think for me, especially in my college years, when I, you know, was trying to major in weird things you know, that didn't suit me. <laughs> Not that it's a weird career, just for me, it wasn't the right thing. But, right. you know, for me, it was just like a literal denial because I, I, I figured that, you know, you can't make money as a writer. That's what people have always said. Like you, you need to choose something more practical. And I think we let a lot of those outside voices get into our brains. And Uh that stifles not only creativity, but stifles like desire, right? The desire to want to create and to write and to even make a career out of it. Um, Absolutely. I think it also has to deal with cultural upbringing sometimes, but also to the Mm -hmm. societal structures of you have to be successful. Well, excuse me, quote unquote successful. So you need to either focus on medical or law or, you know, and I Mm -hmm. think that's what, put a lot of people in the boxes of my passion is the arts or, or something within the arts, but I'm being told this is the way to success or this is yeah. the way to acceptance of my career with my family. And I think that sometimes also has plagued a lot of creatives along their path because they never felt that they could do it or feel that or felt that they could do multiple things at once. It was always you have to pick one career and stick mm. with it. Yeah, I think absolutely you are completely right about that. And it's funny that you bring up, you know, like that whole success part, right? Because one thing I've learned too is that you as an individual define your success. Amen. Right? Like, amen. You talked a lot about just now about how you wanted to put that story out on your terms. You didn't want it Mm -hmm. to be tainted by what anybody else said. And you knew the kind of story that you wanted to tell. And you wanted to write a book too that was 
for your younger self, right? Your teenage self. Right, right. Um, and I think like we as writers sometimes forget that because we have people telling us what success should look like. And the truth is that success looks pretty different for each one of us, wouldn't you yep. say? Oh, oh, for sure. I think what happened with success, excuse me, quote unquote success is what I'll refer to the word that society put out. I think that kind of came from that whole thought of what is the American dream? What does it look like? What does success look like within, you know, our countries and, and our and our society? And I think that's where it really broke down from. And I think success really is like you said, it's how you define it. Because everyone has such a diverse and unique skill set and passionless. And so who am I to say what you're doing is not successful in your own right? Success is not, you know, obtained with just money. You know, right. there could be artists out here who are just so happy and successful that their art is hung up in restaurants across their town. You know, the money does not always define everything. And I think money has tainted a lot of the perspective that people should have when it comes to the arts, you know, and I, and I feel bad for those, those young creatives out there who are in like, you know, elementary, middle, high school, who are growing up within a household where their parents are like, no, that does not define success for us. So you need to find another career path because that's not mm -hmm. fair, you know? And so the sooner that people realize that success is what individuals make of it and define it for themselves, then the, the happier we'll be. Like, I don't think people should be dictating what success is to others. And I think that's where a lot of creatives find those negative Nancy's and, and the <laughs> motivation killers, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I, I agree Sun with you 100%. Sun slappers as Gwendolyn, I think it's Gwendolyn Brooks' poem. Sun slappers, she called them. <laughs> yeah it's like get away from me like no <laughs> you know success is whatever I want it to be and I think that's the beautiful thing about life and I think also that's the beautiful thing about the creative industry is you just see this range of success from whether it's a project that took someone 10 years or this is the 10th project someone put out in two years they are both at the same level of success because they are all happy with what they put out and that's all that creatives really love to do is just put out things that they love for others yeah, to love. I love that. So one thing I want to ask you, you probably have learned this, right? As you're putting out stuff, you put out a book or you achieve a milestone in your writing career. And that's not the end of the road, right? <laughs> You, you That's sometimes, like a start. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a start, right? And you have yeah. these, you might have this really high moment as a writer and like a successful moment at, at, by your standards, right? And by not worried about anybody else's standards, right? What do you do when you have a low moment? So, because writing, that's kind of what it is, right? It's a, it's a roller coaster. It's this rocky path of like oh, yeah. highs and lows. So, what do you do in those moments where you have? a low experience with your writing? How do you pull yourself up and keep going down the path of a creative? And if you feel like sharing a specific example, do feel sure. free to do that. I how, how am do do the I am the king of self-care. My friends will tell you this. My relatives will tell you this. I am all about taking care of myself first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to writing, whenever I have like a writer's block or my motivation is low, I have no problem walking away from the project to give myself some time. Because I found that the more you push yourself to try to get it out, the worse your craft is going to be. 
And, you know, it's just like anything, like when you're fed up with something, you know, you could be cooking the same dinner that you cook every single night. Like, let's say it's chicken breast, broccoli and rice. Right. But you've had a stressful day at work. You know, you should not be cooking, but you're doing it because you just want to get it over with. But because your mind is not in the right place, you're forgetting to do certain stuff. And now you're getting frustrated with the dish you're making. That's the same thing with writing. Like the more you push yourself to try to get it done, the worse your words will come off. And so I take a break. I watch some of my favorite TV shows. I will, you know, play video games. Actually, I bought myself a Nintendo Switch to kind of give myself (laughs) some other things to get my mind off of writing for a bit. I will, you know, go for walks, go for drives, anything to kind of shift my focus for a little bit. Give my brain some time to breathe. You know, as a writer, your muscle is really your brain. And, you know, you're sitting there crafting all this stuff. And, of course, just like any muscle that you use, it gets tired. So as long as I'm taking care of that muscle, you know, giving it a break, letting it rest a little bit before tackling it, that is how I get through those low moments. But the, one of the main things I find, too, to help in addition to giving myself some self-care time is why am I writing this project? What about this project mm-hmm. is driving me? And, you know, right now, the project that I'm focused on is my superhero young adult novel. And that is the motivation behind that one is my family. Like some of it is inspired by my family, like the (laughs) the relationship between me and my siblings and our grandparents. And what does that look like? Because I know that other siblings out there can relate, you know, to spending a a, a summer with your grandparents. And so I'm thinking of all those kids out there and, you know, not even kids, but readers who can relate to a summer with your grandparents and having good food. And, you know, you, you understand as a writer, and I said this before, our words have power. And I know that representation is very important. And I know I'm a writer who's now published. I know that I now have a following and I have a responsibility. And, you know, that is what keeps me going is, yep, I take the time. But then I remember what is my responsibility and what is my why behind this project? And that will help me finish my project. Yeah, I love that. I just did a video on that for Nano, like going back to your why. Uh, mm-hmm. remembering, you know, why you, why you wanted to work on the thing in the first place. Absolutely. There was a reason. I also yep. really like that you're talking about taking care of yourself because that is something that we talk about here on this podcast is the taking care of your mind, right? I feel like you're absolutely right. It's, it's important that we remember rest <laughs> for starters. Yep. <laughs> We do need our brains to take a break. Um, yes. Because then, yeah, you know, what you're producing is going to be something that's forced. I, mm-hmm. I've really been getting into meditation lately. Meditation is wonderful. I create myself playlists for meditation. That is yeah. like one of my favorite things to do. Yes, I love meditating. And it's, it's funny because I, I used to think that it was this thing where you just like, you're supposed to completely clear your mind. We have an instructor at the studio, Rita, who does meditations for us, like specific to writers. And she really has taught me a lot. She's like, you don't have to actually like completely clear your mind to have a successful right. meditation <laughs> session. It's really about, you know, acknowledging those thoughts and then sort of, you know, pushing them to the side. And it's really about getting your mind in a in a in a place to, I guess, relax for a second, even if it's yeah. for a short time. And I, honestly, my focus has increased 
with doing it. So um, that's been like my favorite way to like kind of take care of my mind these days. Yeah, I really like, I really like doing it. But I'm so glad that you brought that up because I always talk about too, like mindset work for writers is not like, I'm going to snap my fingers, right? It's, you, you've got to constantly work on it, right? You've got to constantly mm-hmm. take care of your mind and take care of yourself, right? So absolutely. So, so important. And I can't actually stress it enough. Yes. I, like I said, self-care is the best care. <laughs> One thing I wanted to ask you about was how you handle criticism because criticism as a writer, right? can sometimes be extremely crippling. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> and that affects mindset right? That might make a writer not want to pursue writing or might make them want to, you know, stop doing what they're doing. Reviews, right? Things like reviews are parts of Mm -hmm. criticism. So how do you handle that? Like any negative criticism that comes your way? Well, I will say um, my, like I said, my dueling passions have been writing and performing. Two of the biggest fields that are open to all types of criticism. Um, and so I'm thankful that my background in theater kind of gave me a thicker skin uh, yeah. because you have to be open to feedback in order to grow in a creative space and in any type of professional space. But with that being said, is you have to know what type of feedback is credible and do you apply it or do you let it fly? Uh, as an as a creative, I understand that art is subjective, and so putting out any type of project, I know that there are going to be people who there's going to be the people who love it, and then there's going to be people who don't like it, and then there's going to be the people who are kind of like, eh, yeah, it's all right, you know. You have to know that that's the arena that you're getting into, and so that's how I kind of handle this. Is I know going into it that I'm not putting this out for everyone to love because that's highly unrealistic. Um, I'm putting this out there because I know that there are people out there who will love it. And I am, I am, I'm super appreciative and grateful for those people. But for those who don't like it, they still read it and they have an opinion about it. And that's all I can ask for too, you know? So um, right. what I will tell people is avoid the comments. Do not get muddled down <laughs> in the comments and the reviews. Um, you know, you hear like a lot of celebrities say it and it's honestly so true because just because someone didn't like it, you know, we tend to take any type of negative feedback a little personal, right? So you're like, ouch, like, oh, that's my baby. Like, I put this out yes. there and you didn't like it. Now you're hurting my feelings. But you have to be able to take yourself away from it and say, this was the art that they received. They interpreted it this way. And if they didn't like it, you know what? They didn't like it. You know, we don't like everything that's brought our way. So we have to be fair in our understanding that everyone's not going to love all of our projects. So what I would say is have the expectation not doing it for the approval of others and the likes of others, doing it for your why. And just knowing that Mm -hmm. no matter what you put out, if you poured your heart into it, someone out there is going to be thankful that you did. Just one. All you need to do is just have that one who loved it and you're successful. Yeah, you got to stay out of the reviews. Like trust and believe. They're my first book. I'll never forget. I was already nervous about putting it out. Mm -hmm. And I got one of my first negative reviews and I was like, oh my God oh no, like the world, (laughs) like what's happening? But then when you think about it, you say, hey, let me go look at my favorite author's, you know, review pages. And it's just the same. They get positive, they get negative. Although that may be your favorite book, you know, that may not be someone else's. And so you have to have the understanding that it's all fair game. And just know that you are putting it out for that one person out there who is ready to love it. Exactly. Yeah. 
I always say that to you. If it's if it's if I reach just you know one person and it made them feel how I mm-hmm. wanted them to feel, then I'm happy. You know exactly. So you wrote Secrets of Eden yes. while you had a full time job, right? Yes. <laughs> I want to talk just a little bit about that because we have a lot of writers who come to the studio, and time is a thing, right? Like time. For writers is very difficult because most of us are juggling full-time jobs or Mm -hmm. families, right? Some lots of our writers have kids and and families and things that they need to look after. So could you talk a little bit about how you were able to balance that for the writers out there who may be struggling a little bit with finding the time and making it work? Absolutely. Um, I think when I was going through that phase, I didn't sleep at all. I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) I had to build a schedule um, and it was a pretty tight schedule. It's doable, but it's whatever works best for you and your lifestyle. You know, I don't have kids. um, So that is something I could, I can't speak to because I don't know the schedule of a parent, but I'm like a single individual. You know, I work a regular nine to five full time. And of course, other life responsibilities. What I would do is I would honestly get up at least two hours earlier than normal in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I would get up. I would at least try to write my goal for the day, honestly, was about 3,000 words. If I could get 3,000 words done, I was great. I was like, honestly, it'd be awesome. So I would get up two hours early, do a little writing, get ready for the day. So I'll have my breakfast, shower, go to work. Um, work on my lunch break, I would go to my car um, and write a little bit more, um, you know, or on my phone. I would use the notes app on my iPhone uh, to crank out like some more words for a chapter. When I would go home, I would do a run around the lake and then cook dinner and then stay up two hours later, um, sometimes three hours later in the night. So honestly, it was just having a tight schedule. And of course, you have days off because you can't do it every single day. And that's something as a writer, you have to be realistic, too. I know you want to get that book out there, but baby, I promise it's going to get out there. You're not (laughs) going to be able to write every single day. You know, that's just like working out, working out. You can do every single day, but guess what happens? Your body's still tired. So just because you can do it doesn't mean it's always going to be good for you. So um, I would say when it comes to writing, um, because it is so intricate and so detailed, build yourself a schedule that makes the most sense for your lifestyle. Some nights you're going to have to sacrifice not going out with drinks for the girls or some, some Saturday early morning, sacrifice that one brunch, you know. Find those pockets of time that you normally allocate to other things. And if you're serious about getting this out there, trust and believe. Once you have this, once you have it done, it's done. So um, I would say just building a strict schedule because that was always successful for me with juggling a full-time job. Yeah, I love that because it's about, you know, part of that is discipline, right? Having the discipline right. to, like in your case, wake up two hours early to get the writing mm-hmm. done. And all those, and, and. It's like you said, going back to the why and and how bad do you want it, right? Like how bad Mm -hmm. do you want to finish this project, whatever it is, or in general, be a writer, right? Exactly. And that is going to require a level of discipline. Yep. And it's so, and I think people sometimes, before you get into the writing world, I remember having the perspective of, oh my goodness, these authors are cranking out books left and right. Like what is going on? Because then when you're in it, (laughs) you're like, this is not taking me as short as time as I thought it would. So, you know, it's one of those things where you truly have to be dedicated to it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what is 
one piece of advice that you would give to a writer who is maybe struggling, you know, with their work, maybe even they're just starting and they're trying to navigate and maybe they're having a, a difficult time. What's what's one important piece of advice you would give a writer? I think it's one of the things I've already said, I think, and, and you mm-hmm. mentioned it too, is knowing your why. I yeah. think, you know, understanding that writing is just like any other profession. You're going to have amazing days and you're also going to have some really rough days. That's just, mm-hmm. you know, par for the course. And you have to have those realistic expectations of that. And knowing that when those days come up, you know, you have to be able to navigate according to what your backup plan is, you know, kind of like the low moment, like, all right, it's a low moment day. Let me take some time away or, you know, I'm losing focus. What is my why? Um, you know, having that foresight knowledge of the quote unquote rainy day. I used to use that from my event days when I used to do events. You know, when you're planning a wedding, although you don't plan for it to rain, you have to have the thought in your head of what could go wrong that way you can properly work through the day. Same thing with writing and, and having those rough moments is how do you set yourself up for success to navigate knowing that these rough moments are going to happen? So have that me time. Focus again on that why. Maybe read your favorite book again. Watch your favorite TV show. Do something that makes you happy because when you're happy about things genuinely, all, you know, all systems are go. And you're like, all right, here we go. We're back at it again. You know, sometimes we are very hard on ourselves because we want that book to be perfect. You know, and I also tell people, don't worry about the grammar part going through your novel. Like that will bog you down a lot. Like just try to get it done. Like keep stop going back to read more to get it done. Just get it done. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, at a certain point, it all clicks together and you say, okay, you know what? Today is just not the day I'm writing. I'm going to take a break. And just knowing yourself to do that. So, you know, for that writer out there that's listening, that is struggling, know that you're going to get it done. Just know that you can take some time off and that's okay. And I love too what you said there about like stop worrying about all those minor details because those are things you can go back and fix later on. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, just get get the get the hard parts done, the, the real work, right? Which is getting it getting it out to begin with. That's exactly. <laughs> there is no better feeling from typing those two words, the end. I promise. Like literally, you're like, whoo, that was a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> The next thing you you mentioned that you're working on a superhero book, is that the next thing we can expect from you? So this is what's funny about that, because I originally, that was going to be my second book, was the superhero novel. And then here came Unorthodox Remedy, shaking up the place. But um, (laughs) (laughs) but no, as of now, that is my focus. But I have also been re-editing my horror novel, Red Red Street. And so that's another one that I... I've been pitching it. So I pitched it in a couple of the Twitter pitch contests and it's gotten some hits, but I had to re-edit something and I don't know if I need to change something about the story. So I'm kind of stuck on my superhero novel and Red Bud Street right now. So just stay <laughs> tuned. Something will be out, you know, and I love to keep people up to date, but I do that. And then I'm, you know, lending my writing services elsewhere. You know, I'm always popping up with some contributing article somewhere or, you mm-hmm. know, through, like I said, just, Brandon Good is always doing something creative. So, <laughs> you know, you never know. That's the way to be, though, right? Always doing exactly. something creative. <laughs> exactly. Like I, I was telling one of my um, 
friends, you know, a couple weeks ago, it's like, I love having so many things to work on because it keeps me excited and it keeps me invested in what I'm doing. And, you know, it's that why, you know, knowing that I get to tell these stories and things of that nature, you know, and then I'm also working on a secret project because it's not public yet. I can't release uh, too much information, but just know that there's a lot of, um, black boy, you know, joy going on. So black girl magic as well. Um, so once it, once it's public knowledge, I'll, I'll share on my page being like, this was that secret information I couldn't share, but just know that something exciting is coming down the pipeline. Oh, I'm excited about this, Brandon. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, just, just wait. Just you wait. <laughs> just, you just gave me popcorn and said no butter. <laughs> oh, listen, I'm, listen, we'll get butter at a later date. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm super excited about it. I just know because it's not been public yet, I can't share anything really. But just know that it is going to be exciting and cosmic proportions. That's all I can say right now. But uh, yeah, so I'm super excited for it. Yeah, me too. I can't wait. I'm going to be like stalking you now. <laughs> yes, yes. I'll like, I'll post something cryptic, you know, once it's publicly yeah. available. <laughs> and let me just say one thing I want to tell everybody is to find you online because I, I love the confidence that comes through, especially your Instagram in particular. We've oh my talked God, about yes. this before <laughs> for those listening, like Brandon and I have a friendship. So yeah, I talked to him about his Instagram photos before and how much I admire his confidence and like all the photos that you post. I love them. I love seeing your feet. Thank so. you so much. I mean, it's one of those things when, you know, you're comfortable in your skin. You mm-hmm. know, why do you have to shield it from the world? And I think especially, you know, for me, being Black and gay in America in 2020, you know, this mm-hmm. is something that should still be celebrated all of us need to be celebrated and on my instagram i just love showing my life and parts of my life i don't give away all the details of my life because of course i love some secrecy so you won't always see like my relatives and stuff on social media or like i'll yeah. put them up for like their birthdays and things but my instagram typically will focus on me and like my friends and um mm-hmm. yeah i love you know fashion is one of my loves as well so you'll see me in some great outfits or oh, me, yeah like when i would travel so you know my social media i like to keep it fun you know i <laughs> you know one of my main loves in real life are the real housewives and so i guess i have like an inner real housewife that i think i'm trying to live out through like my instagram or something i don't know <laughs> i love that i i adore it i love it um and I I keep doing it (laughs) yes I will I will (laughs) speaking of social media where are you hanging out where can people find you what is your website yes yes so my website is actually brandon good with an e right dot com um on there you can go on check out my books check out my writing portfolio if you ever want to hit me up for any interviews or any writing services you can find me on there my Mm -hmm. instagram is at b dot good with an e again um so you'll find all my fashion traveling foodie moments that i post there i also post like some writing things as well and then i just started my own creative consultancy over the summer um, and if anyone would like some creative consulting services you can find me at goodthingsconsulting.com that is fantastic great Thank and we'll, we'll uh, link to your socials and website down below yes Thank you so much for being here, Brandon. This has been Absolutely. such a great conversation. Thank I, I you. you know how much I love you. I, I, 
admire yes. you and you're such an inspiration. So thank you for doing this. Uh, thank you so much for having me. You, you know I love speaking with you. And once COVID is over, we will have to go out and get a drink. You yes. know, like, <laughs> it's yes. been way too long. Yeah, we'll have to, like, go out for drinks or something. But always, you know, I love everything that you do for the writing community. And, you know, it's just such a great, great thing. And I always tell people, I'm like, I had my first book signing at Writers Atelier. Like, that's where, you know, my that was my start. You know, I, I will never, ever forget that. So oh, anytime. that was one of my that was one of my favorite events. Oh. Yeah, that was such a great one. Ah, oh, yes. that was good. Good times. Good times. Yes, good times and the cupcakes. <laughs> yes. Oh, they were so good. <laughs> <laughs> Loved them. <laughs> yes. All right, Brandon. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right, there you have it. One of the things I love about Brandon is his confidence. He has inspired me to be more confident in my own work and also myself. And if you aren't following him on Instagram, click the link in the show notes right now. I promise you will not be sorry. Um, He will inspire you to be proud of who you are. And I cannot recommend him enough. So um, I'd also love to hear about your takeaways from this episode. So let us know on socials, tag Brandon and Writers Atelier. All of those links are down below in the show notes. And don't forget to check out Brandon's books. All of it is linked below. Thanks, as always, for listening, you all. If you're enjoying The Right Mindset, I encourage you to subscribe and leave us a review. You can also check out Writers Atelier at writersatelier.com or on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. If you're interested in joining our membership, you can do so through Patreon. Special thanks to our podcast editor, Allie Grauer. Take care and happy writing life. <laughs>